Hello and welcome to another episode of the Worldcraft Club podcast, a podcast devoted to helping you build powerful, immersive settings that will draw your audience back time and time again. And today we are talking about the dreaded rule of cool. Or the magnificent yeah. rule of cool. Depending on your perspective. Yeah, and apparently there's a split audience. <laughs> <laughs> there absolutely is. This, this is a really contentious topic. I did, you know, I'll just go ahead. It, hey, Marcus, how you doing? What's up? Hey, it's James. Close. It's great to be here. <laughs> I'm very excited for this. I can tell. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> well, one implemented correctly. We'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah, because th- this is a really touchy topic. Why don't you enlighten us here? What, what is the rule of cool? Like, what's the deal with it? First uh, where did it come from? Well, I think if, I may be incorrect. Maybe uh, somebody can reality check me oh, yeah. uh, in the comments. Hit us up. Yeah, or on our Discord or whatever. Let's start a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was penned. I heard it penned by the creator of Kim Possible. No way. During his panels. Yeah. And, you know, Kim Possible has a, you know, can have a rabid fan base. Yeah. And basically yeah. there's a lot of, you know, wonky stuff that happens in the show. And people would be like, hey. So there's a lot of established lore and like, yeah. Yeah. And like, hey, how did this happen when in episode previous, you already established that maybe they couldn't do it that well. I don't know what the exact. Yeah, like they don't have the skill set or they can't do this. Like they said that. Yeah. Fans being fans, this would happen a lot to the the creator. I've been to a Star Trek convention, Marcus. (laughs) I know how this is. (laughs) Yeah. It's not just Kim Possible. But yeah, the creator just basically uh, defaulted to explaining questions like that to just oh rule of cool yeah next question just yeah just yeah. just mow them down yeah eat it yeah <laughs> like I, I love that yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> dig it in your tailpipe nerd uh, <laughs> like, it's just like his oh answer gosh, basically it's like what was it that that simpsons episode oh yeah it's just <laughs> what was it the kid asked him why poochie was wearing glasses in one screen and then clearly wasn't in another or something like that and he says why are you a grown man watching a children's cartoon he goes i retract my question yeah, it's, it's, back back down. Down. <laughs> it's terrible what was it the voice actress like thanks him because <laughs> yeah. she's been around Whoever does conventions a lot yeah. yeah anywho yeah rule of cool yeah uh, apparently to my understanding again correct me if i'm wrong that's kind of where it, the, the origins of it. Where, where it was coined yeah. yeah and maybe popularized might be even i'll take a safer setting and yeah just say like it was mainstream there or used a lot at that part but yeah it basically means a moment in your narrative where something happens yeah. that technically shouldn't yeah it, or, it, or like it bends your lore yeah usually yeah. the real laws of physics yeah. do not yeah permit this yeah but it happens anyway why because it's awesome. Because it's cool. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of those moments. And like the way this applies to fictional settings as a whole as well, because you talked about like the things that bend the laws of physics. We, we were talking about like how the Fast and Furious is just getting sillier and oh, sillier yeah. as it goes on, which yeah, is, is, you know, no, no comment necessarily on the quality of the series, but it's getting silly. All right. It used to be about <laughs> racing cars. I remember this. I remember when Tokyo Drift came out. It was about drifting cars. It was yeah. about flying them. And so like, you know, it gets, it gets silly, but like, Part of the reason why it's often associated with bending physics is because these are settings that take place in the real world, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and so you assume that all the trappings of the real world come with it. And so it's, why is the car flying? You know, it's like, (laughs) it drives you nuts. And like, it, like anything that sort of bends, strains, or breaks your pre-established lore or your boundaries that you've built. One of the things that we talk about a lot in this podcast is how a lot of world building is about 
establishing a set of expectations and boundaries for your visitor yes. to become acquainted with your world in. So that it becomes believable. Yeah, exactly. And like, this is the time when it strains it. And so yeah. like... But I think the reason why it annoys people yeah. is because it will break the rules. It will strain the rules. It can break trust. expectations. Yeah. And its only defense is that... It's cool. Because it's cool. Yeah. And that'll drive people insane. Yeah. And it's a frustrating thing. So so like this is hotly contested, particularly in TTRPG space. So tabletop mm-hmm. role-playing games. So yeah. tabletop role-playing games, it's, it's a shared experience. You have a set of rules. You obey the rules. The rules are what make mm-hmm. it a game, but there's also a story being told. Yeah. So rule of cool is kind of like where the story starts to trump the rules a little bit, where you kind yeah. of go like... Mm, maybe this guy like you you, you've set up this big conflict with your bbeg your big bad evil guy Mm -hmm. and it's a warlock and who has this beef with a wizard who's in the party and the wizard launches a fireball and it brings the warlock down to five health and it's kind of like technically technically we're gonna read the rules Mm -hmm. warlock can still do whatever they want they've still got a turn right they can still go but would it be better if they just fell down a chasm in a gout of flame yeah might be better might work better Mm -hmm. And, and like but by the same token the part of me that is just like the radical rules is written nerd that just says it's a game it's a game you have to follow the rules otherwise i can't trust you you know it's i can't trust you to do it like i get it i I get i get that objection on the other side like it is a game if you play it to the letter you rob yourself of some epic moments yeah because it would just suck for the warlock to have another turn so he could have a rock thrown at him by the barbarian and die you know like so I'm going to steal an example from another GM on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forget where. Probably remember later, but he explained basically this thing about, I think it was Talking 20. Okay. About health being in more like, uh, you, you mentioned it in an earlier episode oh, with uh, Nathan, Nathan Drake. Drake. Yeah, 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 where yeah, yeah. health was treated as luck. Yeah. And he, his argument was that should be how it should be handled in Dungeons and Dragons. Because when yeah. your BBE, you know, is holding the uh, princess hostage yeah. and has, you know, a sword to her throat and your party level 15 is there. It's like, oh, let her go, whatever. As a player, if you game the game, once initiative gets rolled... And the BBE slices the princess's throat and she falls. I was like, okay, so... (laughs) She takes 1d8. (laughs) Okay, so she is a noble with, like, no classes. So she has this much damage. That that dagger probably only does this much dice damage. So there's a good chance that she's not going to die. And even if she goes unconscious, she's only so many feet away from we can revive her and it's like it's not a big deal it's like you don't need a reviver you just dump a health potion down her i it's like i get stabbed all the time in this game yeah so the thing with nathan drake was that like he gets shot all the time in gameplay but if he gets shot in a cutscene oh my gosh he got shot and so the the creators just said it's luck it's luck Mm -hmm. and i I like this idea that you you take the rules as written and you sort of bend them a little bit in order to kind of like well you're kind of just saying he's got about this much luck left they might be on their last legs but they're not actually taking arrow hits they're just running out of that heroic luck that evasion they might be getting tired or fatigued Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and the princess with the dagger to her throat has no luck Mm -hmm. effectively no hp because it suits the story because it it creates that risk and that's you don't want to rob your players from that tension that like we need to save the princess but we're in a pickle now yeah so yeah and it, this turns up all the time, like, in literature as well. And my favorite example is Voldemort flying, right? Like, okay. in Harry Potter, they kind of establish that there's a few ways you can fly. One of them is his hippogriffs. One of them's, like, they've got a whole bunch of animals that oh, fly. Yeah. And then there's brooms. And then there's a scene where they're running away from Voldemort. They're flying away on the brooms. And the Order of the Phoenix turn around, and Voldemort is flying. 
Like this does not happen in the movies in the same way. In the movies, okay. like everybody's flying everywhere. In the okay. books, that's why they, I remember it differently. Well, they turn around <laughs> on their broomsticks and go, like, he's flying. Yeah. Like, oh crap. Without an external mode of transportation. Yes. And so like he can do that. And it's like, yes, yeah. apparently he can. What it is, is they take an idea or a rule, and it's a soft part of the lore. It's an insignificant part of the lore, and they let the villain bend it. And mm-hmm. they let the villain bend it. Why? Because it's cool. Because it's like, cool. They yeah. want to build up how threatening the villain is. It makes more sense for the story that he can do that. And that is just another way that Voldemort is chilling. And, you know, he has mysterious powers that we don't understand. So this, is, this is a reason why you might establish a rule only to bend it. Like, and yes. this is even done in, like, the Mistborn trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brandon Sanderson is an excellent writer. And just to be clear... He does not rule a cool this. This does fit entirely within his lore. Okay. It just, it's not apparent to begin with. Okay. Then his main character can do a, a magical ability where she can pierce what's called a copper cloud. And it is a, an ability that some Alamancers, who are the magicians in this, in this series, have the ability to mask magic users, fellow magic users, by creating what's called a copper cloud. Magicians uh-huh. cannot see through copper clouds, but then, and we don't uh-huh. know why. Later on, it becomes apparent as part of the lore. But okay. initially, everyone's just like, maybe she's just really powerful. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you know, and okay. like no, no one really knows. For, for the moment, it was just it, it was more a rule, rule of cool. Yeah, application. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. And and so like rule of cool has a bit of a throwaway idea behind it. This mm-hmm. may be sort of rule of cool adjacent in some ways because yeah, yeah. rule of cool sounds more like it was neato, so I did it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But like, which I actually think is fine. But it being neato often serves like. a a narrative purpose you're trying to draw some excitement out of your audience and Mm -hmm. being that we're a podcast that focuses on audiences with our Mm -hmm. world building not just not just ourselves not just creating content that we Mm -hmm. like but creating something that delights people when they read it and brings them back again and again like rule of cool is a legitimate argument to make i see what you're saying there and i agree i can see where people hate the rule of cool because like we said before it's only defense is that it was cool and it happened yeah okay yeah if you don't then later kind of extrapolate on that or you don't you do anything with it and it's just kind of a one-shot card trick yeah you know its potential effect is wasted what are you trying to do you with know it, right like yeah yeah I, I can see what people think it's just more of a dumb thing and like they're you know they didn't really think about you know the consequences of this there i can see where it mistrust, feels lazy it can feels lazy yeah i can see where mistrust can can uh blossom yeah for that but yeah not um i agree with you i'm a fan of like yeah do something because it's awesome but then you can back it up a little or you know explain it later and and, and this is really what fanfic is for like it's mm-hmm. like like there's a and I, I say this all the time so i apologize if i talk your ear off on this but like there's a cottage industry of people that just like make up for J.K. Rowling's mistakes. Like, oh, yeah. It's like, it is like the Super Carlin brothers do this. If you ever check them out, they basically just like, and like, they love the books. I love the books. And like, it's just, it's effectively just people talking about like, how does this work? And then they, they come up with an idea about how it works. And the truth is that no one planned for it. It just yeah. sort of happened. It sounded cool. And so she put it in there. But like, there's an extent to which like something that's well-written, and this is the kind of interesting thing is when I listened to you and Seth talking about exposition, yeah, yeah. one of the things I really liked about it was essentially it was exposition's fine if you write it good. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. you know, it's it's the opening scene to Lord of the Rings is just exposition, like in the mm-hmm. movies. And it's great, you know, the, the earth is changing. I feel it in the air. I mm-hmm. see, oh, wait, no, I feel it in the water. I smell it in the air, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, and then the hobbits concerning hobbits, you know, it's not considered among the very wise, you know, and it just goes through the whole thing. And we can all remember the tune. That's good exposition. Like, that's what that is. Is They're just, they're literally just telling you crap. And I think like, there's a sense in which like, just like taking the time to consider how it's going to hit, taking the time to consider what the purpose of it is. Yeah. You can, you can write it well. Like, and I think a lot of it is like, for instance, the example that I gave, that's a TTRPG example, but you can take it, you can put this in other forums, the fireball against the warlock. You've teed it up well. The wizard has a grudge match. That's important. The payoff there is valid. The warlock only has five health left. You're not making a major transgression to do this. What you're trying to do is you are trying to stop the warlock from being killed by, like, I don't know, some sort of incidental environmental effect. You know what I mean? It would just suck if you were fighting him and it was just like he was near like some acid <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. or something and it just got a, like some dribble well, on him. And or like, even if fight. you have a player that has a personal grudge. Yeah. You know, and through that and like, oh, he he didn't like hit those last five points and you can be like, ah, and he burst into it. flame, you got him, you know, yeah. you know, give your player that. Let him go flaming down a gorge. And yeah. like, that's satisfying. And so like, I, I think there's like a few things. It's like, consider your impact. Mm-hmm. Like, how effective is this going to be? Is it worth the minor violation? Can you make up for it later, right? Like, fill in gaps, right? Like, right. we were talking about fanfic. You can write your own. You know what I mean? Like, you can come mm-hmm. up with a reason why that might be. And players that are invested will enjoy it. You know, your readers yeah. will, will, will just, they'll be happy. You know, it's mm-hmm. most people will. We started with, basically, you had asked the question, you know, why make rules if you're going to break them? Yeah. You know, and I think we touched on that, you know, kind of the reason. Sometimes you also, make rules to break. Yeah. Like, the whole point is yeah. that it's freaking intimidating when the villain breaks the rule. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about, like, the purpose Yeah. of the rule of cool. And I think we hit on, you know, basically establishing an exception. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, a copper cloud thing. Yeah. Or Voldemort, you know. mm if you establish an exception for effect, basically. Yeah. You know, and also also you can use it as kind of like an avenue to not limit yourself, not limit your world building by taking it seriously. Mm. You know, like almost every world that has faster than light travel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From yeah. my understanding, like physics, like thermo, like thermodynamics, physics don't allow it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, you need infinite energy. But... It's cool. Yeah. But not only cool that people can travel to other planets within a few hours. Yeah, yeah. It then opens up your world to span different planets, to span different systems, you know. We couldn't have Star Trek or Star Wars without faster than light travel, even as scientific, you know, as Star Trek is. Yeah. It made some exceptions. It waived some things, Mm. you know. Whether whether the reason was to be cool or just, you know, uh, to get on with the story that they wanted to tell, mm. you know, through their world and show all these different cultures from different corners of the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it provided a vehicle for them. So mm-hmm. they, they had a reason. Like in some ways, like we're kind of tying the rule of cool to any sort of bending of a given reality. And these are things that are kind of rule of cool and rule of cool adjacent right yeah. like there's kind of yeah. there's, there's like a little bit of blurring yeah, we're talking there. about two things yeah know? yeah yeah and no it's that you're right though they are related because each time that you bend your world's reality 
you are in some ways betraying the trust of your reader, right? Mm. Like, and that sounds heavy. Mm. Well, you're at risk too. Well, I, I think it could, you you are making what's it a withdrawal? Uh, oh, from, oh, from the players, from your visitants, kind of trust, yeah. right? And all the work that you put into creating a very immersive and grounded setting is all the deposits you've made into it. And so mm. the question is, like, is what you're doing worth doing? Like, is like mm. kind of the question. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, if your world is quite zany and there's a lot going on, there's a lot you can get away with, but there's still an established understanding of what the world is like. And so like, you need to have that sense of grounding. You need to have a healthy set of deposits into your, into your visitant's mm-hmm. trust bank in order to make the withdrawal. And you need to count the cost and go like, is it worth kind of, doing a 180 here or changing mm-hmm. something some element of something in your world in order to make it better fit the story you're trying to tell in the moment you know is it worth it is it worth it to make that moment cool yeah you have to invest uh, a little kind of uh, gear your audience first before you hit them with like bigger moments like i think that. so i think it's, the rule of cool is only as cool as the rule it's breaking yeah <laughs> i think, <laughs> you know I think I mean? scott pilgrim does this oh yeah pretty well yeah because it first comes off as like this kind of quirky romantic comedy yeah until the first evil x shows up and it's full-blown like video game action yeah yeah but it's not as jarring like at first they made it John because he literally just crashes in yeah, dirt yeah, in the middle of, this, of the this music. Yeah. But all the effects and the verses fight, you know, yeah. and the, the combo, you know, those elements, which are basically just there to be cool. But previously we have been, those moments have been trickled. Yeah. You know? Like we've got the eight bit universal logo at, at the, the beginning. Very beginning. Yeah. And, uh, the, uh, the, the, the P bar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And these little, you know... And a lot of smash cuts and like, yeah. yeah. So you're already setting your audience up yeah. for even a bigger one. That's and true. basically training their suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Which is basically, the rule of cool is like, the rule of cool is kind of like a risky way to manage your audience's suspension of disbelief. And that risk depends yeah. on, well, they say by definition of how cool it is. I'm going to say, put... The world builder is on the spot and it, it depends on how well you deliver that cool. Yeah. Because I've seen in other movies attempts to apply this rule of cool. Yeah. And maybe the filmmakers thought it was cool. Yeah. The audience not so much. Therefore it elicits a groan. Yeah. Like, therefore their capacity or forgiveness. Yeah. You know, is not as big as you wanted. Two big movie moments come to mind. Yeah. One, Charlie's Angels full throttle. Oh. <laughs> Some of you may know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Some of you are already groaning already. Yeah. Uh what they're at a docks, they're fighting in a boat. There's an explosion. Yep. And boards go everywhere. And they're f- flailing through the air because of the explosion. And I think all of them are wearing heels, yet somehow, almost magnetically, they all latch on, you know, their feet contact these flying boards, and they basically skateboard grind down the tethering rope of this ship yeah. that's tethered to the dock, and they safely bloop, 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 go onto the dock and next scene. Uh, that yeah. one was painful to watch. Yeah, Granted, yeah. there are other moments in the entire movie where there's like slow-mo bullet dodging while you're dirt bike racing, and I found that much more palatable yeah. versus whatever that was. The term we're flirting with here is jumping the shark, Yeah, right? Like this is, this is like happy bit. days, right? Because that was when everybody just went, we're done with happy days was when was <laughs> yeah. like 
Because there is only so cool that Fonzie could, could be. be. And when he jumped the shark, everyone's like, what? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it went too far. Mm-hmm. That is essentially, that is the breaking limit. That yeah. is what that is the definition of the breaking limit, is another, jumping the shark. Another part is, what was it, the second Transporter movie? Again, yeah. some of you may know where I'm going with this. Yeah. There's a bomb on his car. He drives through the docks. I don't know why the docks are just a bad place in, in these examples. Yeah, speed two, cruise uh, and control. And he basically does a James Bond barrel roll. Yeah. But when his car in midair is upside down, the bomb's on the bottom of the car. So this dock crane knocks the bomb off and he safely rotates onto the next that. dock and drives away as there's an explosion in the background. Did he look at it? He's a safe driver. He's going to look at the road where he's oh, going. Oh, that's true. He's also you a know. cool guy. <laughs> so, but yeah, everybody and their mother, when that movie came out, you know, was like, this is unrealistic and this is... It's too, it's too much. It's, it's too it much. It's too much. Granted, it's the transporter is like another one of those pulpy it's zany. movies. It's zany. You know? But then there's these moments, and I think it was just the delivery. I think probably it was uh, on both modes. It was just like bad editing, bad CG, you know, that just didn't really believe. There's a whole bunch of moments. Well, yeah, all, all of it's just kind of like annoying, though, because like it, yeah. it just kind of strains probability. Yeah. Like it's just not, we understand that he is a precise driver. Like mm-hmm. the point of it is that he is a precise driver. Like yeah. that's his deal. And his like kind of awesome, very kinetic fight scenes. I like Jason Statham fight scenes. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah, they're yeah. always really fun. And, you know, his his jawline. It's just pristine, <laughs> but like, I'm a fan of his voice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That gravelly voice. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> anyway, it strains, it strains credulity. It gets to a point where they've just bent the world so out of shape that like you cannot handle it. And the thing that I think you find is that honestly, people's thresholds vary, mm-hmm. you know, like there are players who might be annoyed at the idea that we left the big bad evil guy with five hit points and just let him die. Because for all we know, at that point, the warlock could have done something that might have resulted in the death of a party member or another significant moment had we followed the rules as they're written, which is what we mm-hmm. all agreed to when we sat down at the table. <laughs> kind of thing, you know, like... Big air quotes yeah, because exactly. GM is, has its own, uh, own agenda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a sense in which, like, there is a rational argument against the rule of cool. But I think a lot of it is really built off the back of personal preference and kind of a familiarity with your audience and and i honestly think like you gotta run these ideas past somebody i i actually think this is one of the things where we create better together mm-hmm. and just to kind of turn around you're in the middle of fiction writing something you've done something that maybe betrays your world building a little bit i think it's permissible i think it can be done you can strain your lore from time to time or strain the rules that you've established from time to time but i think it's better if you can just run it by a peer and say like mm-hmm. What do you think? You know what I mean? There is somebody right. who is not playing your game. There is somebody like you can get editors to look this stuff over real quick and just kind of tell you, does this fit? Mm. Even some of your biggest fans might be willing to talk to you about it. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, you're right. It's a combination of the audience. Mm. It's a combination of delivery because yeah. I think if you put Spider-Man yeah. in those two scenarios that I described, yeah. everybody would believe he yeah, did everybody, that. Yeah, everybody would be cool with it. You know, yeah, 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 because yeah. Spider-Man comes with it Almost like the beginning of Scott Pilgrim, training the expectation and suspension of disbelief. And you got to know where you start, you know, where your world starts, what people are expected to believe before you whip out a rule of cool and not just use it as a big crutch because you think people, it may be cool. Like, okay, corkscrew dive to knock off a bomb. I mean, on paper, that sounds pretty cool, but it's too much. It's too much. Compared to the whole movie, it sticks out like a sore thumb. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think that's as good a summary as we're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's just essentially, as Marcus said, like train your audience through immersion in your world, help them understand the rules that you're creating and be gentle with your bending and flexing of them. Like even talking about the Kim Possible example, if it was completely out there, him saying rule of cool would not really, you know, like people, people would not be satisfied. But all he had to deal with was a couple of people who were irritated by it, who yeah. were like really enmeshed in the lore. And like they are a fraction of your fan base. Meanwhile, he's making a successful show. Exactly. Knows what he's doing. And so like, I, I think that's really where we land with it. Use it sparingly. Use it cautiously. Make sure it has powerful effect. It does what you're trying to get it to do. Focus hard on your writing surrounding it. Like Brandon Sanderson, the way he apparently bent the rule was he had a large amount of interconnected lore that he built upon over time and he hinted at a lot of things throughout the process of it and mm-hmm. laid breadcrumbs and foreshadow for for his reveal that explained why mm-hmm. she was capable of doing this and he built trust with his audience so that they knew something was coming like i yeah. knew it was not going to be zany and you know i, I don't know if this is true for him but maybe mm-hmm. that idea of this character doing that special thing was an afterthought you know, maybe Possible. he's like, I built all these rules. How can I up it one? Well, can no one can do one? this. What if I make a character that did? Yeah. Even though he didn't know how right away, he just opened himself to the possibility and then extrapolated it on it. Yeah. I think that's entirely possible. So go ahead and hit us up on Twitter or via our Facebook yeah. uh, Facebook page or jump on our Discord. And, uh, yeah, come and what do you think of the rule? Yeah, cool. screech at us. Come <laughs> and screech at us in all caps on our Discord, linked in the show notes, and tell us what you think about the rule of cool and whether or not we are completely full of crap <laughs> or you think it can be used well or not and how how you have used it or not or avoided using it to great effect. Yeah. Like, I'd love to hear somebody say, I win and I don't use the rule of cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. more power to you. Come down to the Patreon uh, you'll get exclusive episodes. Hey, if you're a fan of Warhammer or StarCraft, we might have one that you might like. So come yeah. on down. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Worldcraft Club podcast. Be sure to come and find us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our Discord server linked below. If you love what you hear, please give us a five-star rating on the podcatcher of your choice. And finally, we want to say a thank you to our amazing patrons who support us on Patreon. If you want to chip in and help us produce more content, please head down and find us at patreon.com forward slash worldcraftclub to get extra episodes and content for as little as $2 a month. Again, this has been the Worldcraft Club, and we're so glad you gave us a listen. Until next time.